Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about axonix therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control, it gave me my life back. Axonix therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about and it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift... The only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You are listening to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer with a sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Sports Network. Listen in as Brent and Dave invite you to belly up to the bar with them to talk about everything in the world of sports, just like you would do at your favorite watering hole. It's sports, beer, and shenanigans, so belly up to the bar with us, grab a beverage, and let's get into it. 1420 Sports Bar Podcast Show 259 on this 15th day, December 2022. As always, I'm joined by co-host Dave uh, Dave Van Robies, but on this day, we are joined tonight by Hockey Dad, Hockey Coach, the pride of Elro, Saskatchewan, Memorial Cup champion with the 1989 Swift Current Broncos, and the only person I've ever talked to who would willingly put a picture up on Twitter with two black guys, shiners in hockey equipment, we're joined tonight by Swift Current Bronco hockey dad. The whole bit, Wade Smith. How you doing, Wade? Before we get going here, who got you, and what did that guy look like when you were done with him? Uh, well, yeah, I think uh, when I had that, I was getting Scholastic Player of the Year, which is even funnier <laughs> with uh, two black guys. And uh, yeah, it was uh, actually Darren Stoke uh, from. Uh, uh, from uh, Medicine Hat, and uh, oh, I remember the yeah, yeah. He was a big, strong farm kid. I think from around Tabor, maybe even. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was the first time in my life. I'm six foot. Uh, at the time, I was six foot four, and and uh, I, I went to grab onto him, and I couldn't reach him. <laughs> he had longer <laughs> arms than I did, and so uh, I was throwing and and coming about a, up about a half an inch short and he was hitting me in the face so <laughs> oh he was a big boy those western league days back back then back in the 80s late in the 90s my god the fights and everything that would happen i i glad i, I played goal and had a full full cage on when i played junior because of my god the the beating you guys would take and you're you're, you're of that era where the, the great big guys the big defenseman was going on no good to have you on the show tonight um i must say go- hold on i okay, did go win. ahead i did win it just took a while. <laughs> and I definitely looked worse than he did by the time it was done. But I did knock him down. There you go. Uh, 
we got you on the show. Your your relations with Dave the whole bit. Thank thanks Dave for getting for getting weight on the show tonight. So it's a, I, I love this junior hockey talk. It's the game has changed a lot compared to, to when you played Wade compared to what it is now. Uh, your boys going drafted Westerly. We'll get into that later on in the show uh, tonight. But uh, give us your uh, your humbling beginnings uh, back in Elro, Saskatchewan. When did you first think, man? I I might because Saskatchewan's a hockey haven for junior junior hockey. When did you think? Man, I can. I might be able to do this. Uh, I I'm not sure. I still think I could do it. <laughs> um, I honestly, I think you know, and especially maybe more back in the day. I think you know there was a lot, so many kids from small town Saskatchewan that went on to play and and play well and play big roles. And I honestly think it's you know we have have a little bit. We're willing to take whatever role. Like I went to Notre Dame. I thought I was going to make the worst team there, and I managed to make the the Bantam AAA team, which back then there was no AAA, well, still isn't in Saskatchewan, so we played midget AA. Um, you know, it, it was, I, I never thought I was ever going to make it, and so you were just, you know, Saskatchewan kids tend to be willing to take whatever role you know, you want to be on the team, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever you want and do whatever role I need to do to 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 be part of it so and and for for people listening like notre dame is uh it's a it's a high school in saskatchewan it's kind of a boarding <laughs> athletic school yeah um, Wilcox. yeah yeah it, it ain't it ain't it's not the notre there. dame yeah no, 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 no it's no, not it's <laughs> not uh, it's not uh, South Bend, indiana i i actually went to notre dame as well wade uh who was your coach in notre dame in your triple a your banner triple uh fran huck Okay, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I had uh, who who I have at Rod Collins and Rod Heisler and, and the like. But anyways, yeah, it's crazy. That different Notre Dame, that Notre Dame Wilcox. It's a small town boarding school of a hundred. The town's out. There's actually more students than people in the town. Oh uh, yeah, I think there's only hundred people. Majority of them work there, and then there's yeah. I, when I was there, there's about three hundred and fifty fifty kids at the school. So, yeah. and that's that's before academy hockey. This would be academy hockey now, yeah. but that that yeah. was not a thing. Yeah, so that was the thing. Like we were the only Bantam AAA team in in Saskatchewan. So, like I said, we played we played midget AA uh, in the midget AA Saskatchewan league. So it was you know they had and that was the year I was there was the last year. So I was there when Brindamore was there and and all that that team. They won the, the well back then Centennial uh, Cup back then and their Canada Cup and and then the next year they started the junior team and that's and I went to Weyburn because uh, I couldn't even try out for junior till you're in grade twelve and so I played uh, got to play against Notre Dame the next year when they went on to win the Centennial Cup. I <laughs> see they robbed you of a ring. Oh no 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 no. Oh, okay. Hey, <laughs> now I did lead. I did lead the Wayburn Red Wings in playoff scoring that year. We played them in the first round, and I think we scored three goals. You had two and points. I scored on Curtis Joseph. It was the only goal I scored all year, <laughs> and I scored from behind the net. But no one had more than one point, so I was tied for the lead in scoring on our team in the playoffs. There you go. I, let's, let's get I into love, your – go ahead, what, Dave. One sec, though. I just absolutely – Love the fact you're not afraid of name drops. So just yeah, keep that exactly. going as we keep going. I have a funny exactly. I have a funny Rod Brindamore story. I graduated with his his younger brother from Notre Dame in 1992. I have a story about Rod Brindamore wanting to kick my ass because I broke the news 
it wasn't real news that he was getting traded for for Eric Lindros. Oh, really? Oh, it was. It didn't go over well. I was the MC at our gra- at our graduation, and I said, "Hey, just the story about Brendan Moore getting traded for Lindros." It didn't go well for me at all that <laughs> night. But anyways, we'll get into you getting traded to, or going going to Weyburn. Uh, when you went to Weyburn, did they already have the um, the all you can eat Kentucky Fried Chicken? Uh, I'm not sure if they, that's when they got it, but it was definitely there. Because it's still there to this day. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh. It's the only one I think ever anywhere. I think it's the only one in Canada. It's, it's, I'm, I, I took Deanne there a few, uh, few years, a few years ago. We went to Memorial or, or yeah, Memorial Cup in Regina and we went, took the drive down. She didn't believe me. So we yeah. went downtown and saw that. Like, and it's still there to this day. Um, yeah. So your rookie year in, in, um, in Weyburn, you had 248 penalty minutes. That's tough to do in a one-fight-out-of-the-game league. How many scraps did you get yourself into that year? Because you would get 5-10, see you later, and, and your, your, your game yeah, was at 10. So how many, how many uh, fisticuffs did you get in that season? The the crazy thing was back then, too, like that, that, that league, there was no limit on 20-year-olds back then. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, like, you know, they had just brought the – they had just dropped it down, I think, to three 20-year-olds in the dub that year. And uh, so, you know, just about every team had five, six, seven 20-year-olds on it. And you were um, 17. Were, yeah, uh, yeah. I think there was – I can't even remember how many teams. There was obviously less teams then. And uh, there, I think there was only two 16-year-olds in the whole league that year. And I don't know. I think my, – actually, my son was asking me that – today actually and i think i think that year i got into about 20 or 22 uh fights and the the crazy part i won i fought i think four times in camp that year i won all those and then i don't i think i had one draw and i don't think i really want a, a fight the rest of the year so <laughs> it was uh i was definitely uh like I was fighting, but I wasn't doing, I definitely wasn't kicking anybody's ass. So. No, I remember those days back in ju- the junior A hockey ranks when there was no limit 20-year-olds. And when 20-year-olds would get done playing in the Western League, they would go down and, and play <laughs> Tier 2 hockey just to keep keep the uh, keep the dream alive, per se, yeah. and, and go yeah. from there. Uh, Wade, you got called up uh, for the playoffs. You went. To, you played one game of Swift Current that year it, when you were 16 years old. See, I did some research. First time ever, I think, on the 1420 nice, nice. podcast. And then you uh, you ended up playing the playoffs. You, you got nine games in. You uh, you were fortunate enough to play with a young man by the name of Joe Sackick. Uh, what would did, did you kind of have a uh, like? You go, man, is that kid good? Like, what 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 was your thoughts in playing with Sackick? Um. Yeah. Like. Uh, so I'll give I'll give you two stories. Love them. Uh, the, I came up for the last regular season game. He needs five points to tie Theron Fleury for the for the league scoring race. Back then, it would have been 195 points. Yeah, back yeah, then, or whatever it was. Like uh, and it's still, like, we won the Memorial Cup the next year. That's still the most full I've ever seen the rink was there. It was, like, there was two people sitting on every stair. It was three, four deep standing room. And, of course, Joe being Joe got... Got five points, tied Flurry. Disappointed he didn't get the sixth one, but uh, he did do that. The other one, I worked uh, that summer. Well, that summer and the next summer, I worked uh, Mark Abshide Hockey School in in Swift Current, and Joe would <laughs> come wheel out every once in a while and make an appearance. And uh, 
the one, the one time, you know, Abby's down at the end with the kids teaching them something and Joe's like, Smitty, come here. And I stood on the, stood on the blue line and he's diagonally across. And you were good at that. I heard just standing in the blue line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> basically what I did. <laughs> and he was and he just saucer passing across to me. And when he was on his forehand, you know, I'd have to move a little bit, but he had this, this, this snap, almost like a snapshot backhand that he could pass and saucer pass with his backhand. Never, he could pass better backhand than he could forehand. And his forehand was really good. So yeah, he was, you know, he, he was, he was just, yeah, he was incredible. Right. Uh, it was pretty cool to get to watch that for sure. Humble guy. Oh yeah. Very quiet. Like, so, <laughs> Okay, uh, I get called up uh, from Waver. Like, we get knocked out of the playoffs. I don't even know I'm going. My parents are there. I'm like, what are you guys doing here? Like, oh, you're going to Swift. I'm like, okay. Pack my stuff, go to Swift. You know, I'm there like four hours before practice. And uh, our trainer, Honda, he's he's there. And he's he's like, God, here's your stall. And it's between Todd Seaver, who's the captain, and Joe Sackick. And I'm like, like no way and he's like well it's the only spot we have i'm like i'll get dressed in the i'll get dressed in the hallway (laughs) whatever and and so you know i end up having to sit there and i'm sitting there and i'm dressed before anyone even gets there and and i'm just sitting back in my stall and they're kind of talking around me and finally uh sevier looks at me and he's like who the fuck are you anyways (laughs) i'm like like, nah nobody don't worry about it i won't be here long (laughs) yeah and and joe laughed and was kind of like i think you'll do fine if that's your attitude so (laughs) dave go ahead well no it's just it's just so cool to to hear that uh you know when you look back and and then and then knowing that you were watching those two guys do their NHL careers specifically Sackick, who who I think is, I love that guy. I love the I love those Avalanche teams he was on. Like him and Forsberg were one of the best combinations in in the NHL for many many years. And to think that you know we we talk about that six degrees of separation, like we're talking with a guy that was his teammate for. A handful of games, you know, it's Damn. just one of those things. Yeah, well, it's just, it's just cool. Like you, you you've showered with them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't showered with a lot of NHLers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that I know. Well, of. Dave, that took a strange turn, but anyways. Uh, so the next year, you, you 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 stick with the Broncos. You're done. You're done with the all you can eat buffet <laughs> in Weyburn. You end up in, back in Swift Current, Speedy Creek, playing at the uh, what was it called back then? The it's called the Communiplex or the Credit Union yeah, it Iplex, was, what it's called now. What the hell was it? Yeah, it was just. Uh, I don't even remember. Yeah. Yeah. So you end up back there, you end up, and then you guys have a season to go. You have you you lose fifteen, sixteen games all season long. Um was there a, a point and, and Sackick's gone at this point, was there a point that you go at training camp or 10, 12 games in the season, you go, Hey, we're pretty fucking good. Yeah, it was pretty early on. Like I, I it was kind of I wanna say it was kind of like, you know, it's not like today where the you know, the CHL is every once a week dropping the top 10 teams and no in coverage Canada. back then at all. Not, not, but, there, was, there wasn't but, even a TSN game of the week back then. There wasn't. You no, know, I, I think there was some in the hockey news because it was, you know, partway, I think it was just before Christmas, someone was like, hey, we're the number one ranked team in Canada. Like, you know, I think we'd only yeah. lost 
two or three games by Christmas time, right? So everyone knew we were pretty good, and it was it was pretty early on um, that that's kind of what the goal was. Um, you know, was for sure to 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 win the league, and you know, it wasn't like there was a lot of talk about it, but I I know everyone felt we had the team to do it. Like we, had, I want to say, like we only lost two games all year at home uh, that year. And probably the only team that scared us was was uh, was PA, um, who had Mike Medano, and then he broke his wrist at the at the All Star game that year. What would be a cool story if you said you did it? No one would check. No, no, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't at the All Star game. But, uh, no, I wouldn't even have brought the All Star game. I said, yeah, I broke his wrist. We won the fucking league. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. No. Was, like when you guys started that year, was there was there rumblings like maybe Joe might get sent down, like uh, like Quebec might not want to keep him for the year? Was that uh, well, I, you know? I think he'd done so well the year before, like he was like you know, it wasn't like he was a first overall, or like he, I think he went seventeenth, <clears throat> and he was actually their second pick in the first round. Uh, they also had picked uh, Curtis Lecician. Who actually could have played in Saskatoon? Saskatoon, yeah. Who who we played in the final? So you know they could have had him, and we could have had Joe. I think that it would have just been a we wouldn't have to go to overtime if Joe was there. I'm pretty sure, but um, yeah, I, I I never heard at any point that he was coming back. I don't think there was. I think he solidified his spot fairly quickly in in Quebec. You guys get to the finals, or you guys roll through the playoffs. You win the whole the Western Hockey League. You get you get to Saskatoon, and um, from what I from what I've been told, my days in Saskatchewan, and I've been back there a number of times over the years. There must have been a million five at that game because every person I've ever talked to was at that fucking hockey game at the, the Memorial yeah. Cup final. Um, what was it like playing the Memorial Cup? It was it wasn't the big event that it is now. Obviously, it's a, it's a huge TV event. Back then, there was only the, the final was only on on CTV on the, the Sunday afternoon. They yeah. weren't playing the whole thing. But what was it like playing in your home province, um, being like, and, and you being from there? But the, all people from South, from Swift Current coming up to watch. What was it like as a as a seventeen year old kid? Like, oh, what the fuck's going on here? Well, you know what? It was. It was obviously it was very cool. I, I was actually, you know, at the time I was. A little disappointed we didn't get to go somewhere. You know, I'm a small town kid from Saskatchewan. You want to fly across the country somewhere or whatever it was. Go somewhere and here we are in a town that we're we're in all the time. Now, uh, I need to point out because my I I know my kid will give me shit if I don't. I did not play in the last game. I was dressed. I was on the bench. I got to warm up. uh, And I got to skate on the ice in between periods. In the final. (laughs) But I did, yeah, I did not get a shift in the final. He would be very disappointed. But he loves to point it out all the time when I go, oh, have you played in the dub? And he's like, oh, did you play in the final Memorial Cup? Sam, you little prick. That's what I would say. (laughs) The the other thing that was quite funny about, like, I didn't, you know, I bet you I, I maybe got, 15 or 20 shifts the whole time, right? Like I had a role. You don't really need that role in, in uh, the Memorial Cup. But uh, I took one one penalty. Uh, I just laid this kid out. And then we're, we're on the bench for the for the final. And they're giving out some awards before the things start. And the guy that I laid out got the, the Lady Bing, the most gentlemanly player. <laughs> Everyone's giving me a hard time. Um, well, if you're going to get anyone. There was one fight during the Memorial Cup, and it was uh, 
It was uh, Killer Kaminsky and Tiger. Oh, Kaminsky was a, and, yeah, and he was, was something was, back yeah, then. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, uh, I tried I tried to fight uh, Darren Bader when we played uh, Saskatoon, but he he uh, wouldn't. Gracefully declined. Yeah, he, yeah, we'd fought uh, probably four times during that. You know, they were hosting. Uh, so every time we played them, uh, you know, we were up for that. Like, we beat them, you know, I think we played six or seven, eight times during the regular season, beat them every time, beat them four straight in the playoffs. But they beat uh, you guys. And then they beat, beat us with, in the round yeah. robin. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. And, you know, uh, if it wasn't, I think Trevor Sim had – two or maybe three goals in the semifinal against Peterborough. We played like shit. We shouldn't even have been in the final, to be honest. After we lost to Swift Current, we'd been on a, I think we'd won the last 14 games of the regular season and then went four straight, four straight, yeah. four straight, and then won the first two, two in the Memorial Cup and then lost to Swift Current, kind of lost our mojo and barely beat, barely beat uh, Peterborough and then went to OT against uh, Saskatoon to win. So, I remember a story you uh, you told me a bit ago. You were you were a little pissed at coach because he wouldn't let you guys do a hair skate. Oh, the the when we came on without helmets. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're playing. Uh, we played Laval in the first game. Uh, Laval Teton, and they have they had you know they had to wear helmets. We all wear helmets. No big deal. Get to the they wore fishbowls back then too in the queue. No, they were still, they, that was the last year they had, they, oh, they, they okay, kind of were yeah. back and forth. So that year they had, I'm pretty sure anyways, they had, um, they had visors. Second game we played Peterborough and it was still back then you had separate warmups because they, you know, there'd been brawls, oh, yeah. warm up. And so they're out on the ice first and they don't have lids on and they're all out there wheeling around their hair. So, you know, here you are in the Memorial Cup, everybody's in the dress room fighting over the mirror and everybody's <laughs> fixing their hair and trying to get ready because we're going to go out with no lids on. We're going, fuck it, you know, we're, we're going to do this. So uh, nice. comes in and, and he's like, what the fuck you guys, like, you know, and it's like, you guys all got to wear your helmets. And I can't remember who, who it was that said it, but like, we're all, just throw them on the bench when you come. And we came out and everyone threw their helmets and out we go with no lids on and warm up. And Ed Chenault was the, was the president of the Western league and the whole Canadian and the whole league. Yeah. He runs down from the press box. He is yelling over the, get up, get your, like, you know, I couldn't even imagine the insurance and everyone's skating around kind of going, what'd you say? What'd you say? So yeah, it, needless to say, it did not go, uh, Go well that warm up with uh, us not wearing helmets. That's great. Before that <laughs> final game there in in Sass Place, where there was a million five uh, Saskatchewan people there at the game. Like I said, everybody, everybody was there. Uh, when were the buttholes tighter? Before the game started or during overtime for the uh, for the Swift Current Broncos? Uh, you know, I think it was probably as soon as we lost just to them in the in the round robin, right? Like, you know, we beat them, I say, it felt like 12 or 14 times. And, uh, you know, at one point, I remember in the playoffs, like they were, every whistle, they were switching their goalie. Uh, <laughs> Marcel Como was so disappointed in their goaltending. He was switching them every whistle. And uh, they brought in some goalie coach and, uh, and Mike Greenlay, 
uh, all of a sudden became Ken Dryden 2.0. Yeah, because he was a big, tall prick, if I remember was, correctly. Yeah. And he, yeah, he was amazing that whole tournament. I think he was on the first all-star team, ended up signing with Edmonton. Like, you know, he, he uh, so yeah, it was, it was definitely pretty, pretty tight going into that. And then going into OT, it was, it was definitely, definitely a little, a little tight there. When, when, uh, who scored the winner? Uh, Tim Tisdale. Tisdale, that's right. He led the league in yeah. scoring that year. He was way, uh, he was way, way, up, way there. up there, way, way yeah. up there. So yeah. when, when, when that happened, the celebration goes on, you won the Memorial cup, you're, you're champions of the world, you're, you're Kings of junior hockey. Um, the celebration went on the ice. Well, who's the first person that you thought of when you were on the ice? Oh, geez. That's a long, a long time ago, obviously. I mean, we're yeah, getting old. I, I, you know, I, I, I think obviously more like my parents are there. And, uh, you know, that would be the big one that, that I remember afterwards. Like, uh, you know, we get, we get undressed and we come out and, uh, my mom and dad are standing with my best friend, Jeff Knight, um, with his mom. Um, and my dad's standing there with two beers and hands one to both me and Jeff and, and just, you know, congrats and turns around and goes to get more beer. And so Jeff and I are, you know, standing there, uh, drinking a beer, talking to our moms. Dad comes back with two more beers, turns around, <laughs> away he goes. So, you know, I was, I was actually kind of disappointed. Um, when we won the WHL, we were in Portland and we had flown there. And so we, we won, we stayed overnight. Uh, you know, we got to, we had a party room in the hotel. We all got to kind of be together and, and, and have have that moment just as a team. Then we win in Saskatoon and we're close enough. You know, they got us all on the bus and we went back to Swift Current. Well, everybody kind of scattered. It would have been nice, like you know, all our families were there. We could have got something at the hotel and, and shared that moment more with our families and we didn't really get to do that. So that was, that was kind of too bad because it's, you know, hey, our families, especially now being a parent, I know how much time and energy and money and <laughs> stuff they devoted to us so dave go ahead no no no, that's an excellent point like the lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah. Uh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. 
This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. I guess back at that point, we don't we don't even think about things that way, uh, uh, celebrating with our kids. And you guys are kids, like 16 to 20, 20 years old. Not the team not having the foresight to to allow you guys that space and the time to really soak it in together as the community that made that happen. And yeah. and you know, that's that's such an interesting point that you that you bring up, Wade. Like it's 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 not like that we didn't get a party and we didn't get to stay up till four o'clock in the morning drinking out of the cup. I you you missed the celebration, celebrating with the people yeah. that that made so, it and happen. That's for the thing. You. We went they were, and I get it. They were trying to celebrate. They were trying to celebrate with the community and stuff like that. But we got back, and so there was, uh, you know, there was three or four of us together. You know, uh, some of us had girlfriends. Some of us didn't. We go, we go to kind of Thumpers was the bar back then, and we go to Thumpers. <laughs> you know, obviously, we get. Into, I know where Thumpers is. Yeah, we get into Thumpers, but it's so packed. You can't talk. You can't do anything. So we ended up going uh, back to uh, Jeff Knight's billets house, uh, uh, old Wally, and uh, and Wally and I had a cigar, and and you know we ended up just kind of being three or four of us sitting around there, and so you know you kind of even weren't with your teammates, you weren't, you know, definitely weren't with our family because you know my mom and dad just went home and stuff like that. So yeah, it was kind of it was definitely anticlimactic. We had a big when they had kind of our year end banquet that was a bit better. But then after that, you know, there's guys I haven't seen since that day. So that's all. And that's how junior, like when I played junior hockey, it's the same thing. Like when it's over, it's just over. Yeah. You just go home. And, and a lot of guys and didn't have the success that you did in that, that first year, obviously, but a lot of guys, you just, a lot of guys are anxious to, to go home and they just, they've had enough and they miss their friends. They miss their girlfriend. They miss their parents and their season's done. They just want to go home. And it's, it, 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 that's the one weird thing about junior hockey is that, you, you get to that point where you're, you're, you're in not, I don't want to use the word elite because I was, I wasn't elite, and, but it, you, you, by any means, but, but you know what I mean? Like he, it's like guys just want to go home when the, when the season's over. And that happens to this day. I, a lot of Western league guys, I want, they, they just go when the season's over, win, lose or draw, they just go home. And it's, yeah. it's odd that like a back in the, uh, in the, in the late eighties there, obviously when it was nothing but a good time and poisons blaring on their, on the radio all hours a day that you win a Memorial cup that a guy, Guys wouldn't uh, want to go, especially a small town like Swift Current, where you wouldn't want to go back there and have a day, like have yeah. just have a time, get your shit together, pack up your stuff, jump in your Toyota, whatever the car or vehicle you had, and then have that kind of a time. I, I'm quite surprised that that happened. Yeah. Where, where if you would have won it on the road, like outside of Saskatchewan, yeah. like even like even in the Western, like say it was Kamloops or Kelowna. Then you guys would have had the night in the hotel yep. and flown home the next day. Exactly. And like, so you guys didn't have a chance. I imagine the locker room was just mayhem with, with. Well, actually um, we had, we had dropped Molson as a sponsor because our, our coach felt that, uh, that, you know, most of us aren't of age, so we shouldn't have alcohol as a sponsor. And we were sponsored by, uh, by by uh, uh, co-op like dairy you know dairy land or it was milk anyways and uh, 
Because it used to be the Molson three stars yeah. all across the West Wing. Yeah. yeah, we got rid of it. And uh, and so the beer guys were there and they're out in the hallway and we're like, hey, come on. And they're like, huh, maybe you can get milk to bring in something. So uh, we we had uh, we had a, uh, probably three, four balls of, of champagne that somebody bought in and uh, half of them were were like sparkling grape juice or something. I was it was actually now I do have I, I do have uh, uh, you know a couple of amazing pictures uh, from that night. One with my my billet uh, John Rittinger, who was also the president uh, of the Broncos, and I'm holding one of the one of the bottles of champagne. And I got my arm around him. Awesome. Uh, you know that was a really really good one, and a couple others with with some of my buddies. So I. I the- we were talking and you said you haven't seen some of those guys since it all happened. But when you, you do see some of those guys here and there and everywhere, obviously uh, like the, not everyone goes to the NHL, not everybody uh, and becomes a hall of famer and, and the like, and a lot of guys, that's the end of their careers. Uh, do you ever, when, when you do see those guys from, from that team, do the stories get a little bit better and a little bit more elaborated? Uh, or, or do you, or do you call yourselves when that didn't happen? Like you, like you, you, you said here on the show that you, you played one shift the entire tournament. You can't go in and have a few beers and say, Oh yeah, I did this, did that. Yeah. Like, do, do the stories ever get a little bit more uh, elaborate as, as the years go by and glo- the glory days? You know, I, I, I think hockey DB and, and an elite prospects has really put a damper on, on the ability to say that. <laughs> oh, I know. I scored I know. 50 in the Western league. Right. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, I think time always, always adds a little bit, uh, to the things, but it was, you know, it was, we had a, we had a 20, 25 year reunion where they, right. uh, you know, I think there was, but there was still like three or four guys that, that didn't, couldn't make it for whatever reason. And, and they put us into the Bronco hall of fame and, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely, you know, some of the stories that you'd forgotten or somewhat, you know, maybe you weren't there it's, for that one. Things, or, right? like it, was, it was definitely good. Everybody knows you won, right? And, yeah. and it's the stuff that you, and everybody, everybody sees the game and sees the tape and sees that, but everybody knows that you won. It's, it's the little things that, that bring your team together over the year yeah. that the stupid stuff will getting stuck in a snowbank and this and that and the other. Oh. It's, it's those stories that make it, uh, the major junior hockey so great. And I don't, it, 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 it's, it's uh, no, it's a, it near and dear to my heart growing up watching it from the age of whatever I was from five years old in here in Lethbridge to playing a little bit and then watching it now junior hockey, it, it shouldn't get the bad rap that it does, but I, we won't get into all that negative stuff yeah. because it, there's so much, but no, it, junior hockey is great. Do you have any, um, what's your favorite memory other than getting punched in the face by Darren Stoke, uh, a continuous occasion. What's your favorite junior hockey memory, uh, when you were playing either yeah. Swift Current or you New went World. into other places when, uh, as your career uh, went on? You know what? I, I was kind of thinking about this today and, you know, probably when the one that gets, you know, not as much now because people, you know, hate time, people kind of forget stuff, but, when we won, it was, you know, three years after the bus crash. Yeah. And so I, w- I was in Notre Dame when the bus crash happened. And then I came up and played that year after the bus crash. And so then it was, you know, the third year after. And people, you know, more closer to, they said, you know, there was a lot of how much did that come up and how much was that talked about? And it never was, you know, and it, it was, it, it, 
the only, and, and that's where like probably it's my biggest memory of that day. Um, we win, everyone's obviously celebrating in the locker room. Like you talked about, it's all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, um, some of the players start getting together. And so we had, let's see, there's, so it's kind of interesting. There's, there's six guys that were on the team that were, so it's, it is kind of weird. So there was, there was two guys, there was Tim Tisdale and Dan Lambert that were on that team, but were not on the bus crash. Uh, Tizzy was hurt. Uh, I think he'd broken his back or something. And so he wasn't on the bus and Dan Lambert was away at U uh, 17 team Canada. So he wasn't on the bus, um, but you know, there's these other guys. And then obviously, you know, one of the guys that died uh, um, was uh, Darren and Trevor Cruz's brother. Yeah. And so Trevor was on the bus, Darren wasn't, but obviously lost his brother. So all those guys all of a sudden kind of get together and they actually go into the shower. They still got all their equipment on. They go into the shower. Everybody in the room goes deaf quiet. Everyone sits down. Nothing is said. Crazy. They're in there, you know, I don't know for how long, two, three minutes. They come out and they go, okay, guys, let's go. And that I had was a cry, closest. whatever, and thought about the, the, the yeah. whatever happened. Yeah. And it was the closest, like it was never brought up and it was never discussed. And that was kind of the only, you know, notion, uh, you know, of it, of it happening that it got discussed as a team sort of thing. So there was no discussion whatsoever, but it was understood as a team what this, what you guys were accomplishing was meaning to these four players in, in particular. And, yeah. and even though these, these four were a unit as to themselves, they brought a spirit to the greater team without, 100%. without yeah. talking about it at all. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, um, in my billets had billeted one of the guys that passed away. Right. So, um, you know, there was probably more of it brought up there, uh, the more memories of it there than it was anywhere else. So yeah, it's definitely, it was always around and people knew, and it wasn't like, wasn't like we didn't, you know, I think you didn't discuss it for the, you know, the, just the pain that it would bring up and things like that. It was, yeah. Well, and something like that, like to the fans in the community, like obviously it, it it's a fairly fresh wound and, and everybody's ne- nobody's ever going to forget that. But to the players themselves, even though they knew about the tragedy, they were playing in Weyburn. They were playing in, in yep. whatever, in Alberta, whatever, like the players there at the team, even though they knew about it and knew that that tragedy hit this franchise they weren't there for it. They don't have any personal contact to it until they become part of it. Yeah, I, I remember that vividly and it was, it was something else and it wasn't, uh, you, you can't down, like it, it was, it was crazy when that, that happened. It was just, just around the, like this time of year was, it was around Christmas time and the whole bit. And it was, it was absolutely nuts. It was, it was a lot to, before it was well, but before the internet. So when it, when it, when it hits national news like that, it was a, it was a pretty heavy, a heavy, heavy deal. Cause uh, there's so many kids like the Humboldt one. There's so many parents who th- throw their kids onto to hockey buses every day. And, and, and that one happened. The first one is with current there. And then the one a few years back in Humboldt, it's crazy. Uh, that's, that's uh, yeah. And we talked about how small the community is. I played with Scott Thomas who lost his son in Humboldt. Yeah. 
you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I was buddies with Darcy Hogan, the coach. Like, so yeah, it was, yeah, uh, it was something else that, that happened there. That one hit, hit me, you know, obviously being a parent by then and yeah. all that stuff, that one hit, you know, and those highways, you would 14, you would 15 years old, you you still think you're invincible and, and all that stuff. And then when that one happened, the conversation I had with my mother and, like, you know, her being so scared for me to get on a bus. Yeah, wait, like, we, we, I don't want it. This was supposed to be a, it doesn't oh, yeah, much yeah. matter. No, but no, I, no, when, when I first heard about it, about the Humboldt one, and then they said who passed away, I knew where every single person was sitting. Like, I yeah. knew, I, 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 and I actually knew where the bus hit because I knew where the coach was sitting, where the trainer was sitting, where the backup goalie, like you, you just knew where people were sitting because, because of the, of the hierarchy of, of the bus. Right. And I, I had a conversation with, he goes, if this would have happened when I was a rookie, I'm dead. If I happen, yeah. my third year plan, I'm live. Like yeah. it's, it's, no, 100%. it was yeah, yeah. when I like it that one with that that Humboldt thing that that shook me a little bit because I was I remember oh, I driven, driven that Friday road night. too right playing junior when I played in Weyburn I driven that road yeah hundred so, percent yeah. no hundred percent let's uh let's let's have a few couple of laughs here before we get it before we take a little break here sure. uh you you ended up uh getting traded your your second year in Swift Current after the Memorial Cup. Well, I'll get to that. Don't worry about that. I'll I'll, I'll start digging. No, don't. I, I did I did some research. Um, you got dealt to Tri Cities. What happened? Yeah, uh, just time. Yeah, I just uh, go down to try and and wasn't there long. I think it was only there for about uh, two months. Uh, yeah, it was it was. I, I liked it down there, but didn't. Didn't play much and then bounced to Moose Job, but the Tri-Cities was cool. It's That's where it kind of leads into my kid a bit, where you know, I played with uh, with Stu Barnes and Olaf Colsey, who now own the team with Bob Torrey. And, uh, and Stu's now the coach in Tri-Cities, so kind of neat that he'll, you know, a guy I played with will be coaching my kid. Barnes put up like 140, 150 points a year, didn't he? Yeah, he he definitely he put up a lot that year. You know, Kolzig uh, just about outscored me. He scored a goal while, while I was there. So. <laughs> Only the goalie. You end up back in Moose Jaw or back in Saskatchewan. You end up in Moose Jaw with the Warriors. Uh, it was just didn't work out in Tri Cities. Yeah, you know what? Like they, you know, they had some up and downs there, and and uh, you know just. You know, honestly, wasn't playing much and uh, felt like like I could play. And then luckily, uh, Lauren Mulliken was the, the coach in Moose Jaw, who was my coach in Weyburn. Uh, he'd moved up. Man, uh, that guy's coached everywhere, hasn't he? Yeah. And so he traded for me and went to Moose Jaw. And uh, another, well, I guess it kind of goes back to Tri-Cities. So while I'm in Tri-Cities, like, I'm not playing, like, hardly at all. And uh, we have like three defensemen get hurt in the game. And Jerry Johansson, uh, who's now a, a player agent and is actually my son's agent, um, which is another funny story. It ties to try, but uh, he's the D coach. And he comes in the locker room and he's like, does anyone play D? Has anyone played D before? And I put my hand up and he's like, all right, Smitty, you're playing D now. And, you know, we got about halfway through the period and he goes, 
Smitty, when was the last time you played defense? You're terrible. I go, I've never played defense in my life. He goes, why'd you put your hand up? I was going to fucking play. Yeah, I go, you have to play me. I go, they're not. You have to. And he goes, okay, well, at least I know what I'm working with. And I ended up playing kind of the rest of my time in the Western League as a D-man. Was O'Rourke there yet in Tri-States when you were there? Uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Notre yeah. Dame guy as well, yeah. Stephen, yeah. yeah. Steve and his brother, and he's a referee in the NHL now. Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy. I, yeah, I'm crazy. pretty sure he's out of my inside. My memories. Well, uh, it's good. So, like, I'm a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a junior hockey geek from years ago. Uh, it all came to an end. Where you like when you, you you got playing, you had a good time. When it all it was all said and done. Uh, do you have any regrets in your junior hockey life? Your, your, what, what happened? Like it all, I wouldn't say like you, you've, you've done something that most kids from Saskatchewan don't get to do, or most kids from across Canada don't get to do. And, and, uh, that's one for playing for in, in your home province, then winning, winning a Memorial cup. Do you have any regrets at all when it's all said and done? Um, yeah, like, well, I think, you know, like, 20 years later, 40 years later, when you're coaching your kids, you know, you're like, oh man, if I'd have worked harder, tried, like, you know, I had a good time. Um, you know, it was fun. Uh, but yeah, it's so short. It's, uh, you know, you practice for an hour, hour and a half a day, kind of two hours, like the ability to, to, to put more into it. I like, I don't, like, I know I probably didn't have enough talent, but it would have been nice to, you know, you kind of second guess yourself a little bit on, well, if I'd have given it everything I had, maybe I'd have went farther. You know, I had a chance to go play in the, in the East Coast League because uh, Mark Habscheid had, had uh, actually, it was when it was first starting out and he bought a bought a team. And so, he, you know, he's, hey, you can go down and play there. And he was he was assistant coach in, in Las Vegas. And uh, he's like, he was player assistant coach. And he's like, hey, we... You know, we'll give you like five games up here and, and, you know, you, but you're going to play on my team down and I can't remember where the hell it was. And, you know, I was already enrolled in university and I'm like, oh, and I'm just, you know, I'm glad I did because I know I would have loved it if I would have went down and, <laughs> and all of a sudden I'd be 30 years old and, and making and, 150 bucks a week or yeah, whatever it was. And yeah, chuck exactly. and knuckles so, and yeah. Yeah. The Tallahassee tiger sharks or whatever. Yeah, exactly. The Danbury yeah. trashers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quebec senior. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, junior hockey is a great thing. Like I said earlier, on, it, it it does get a bad rap. There's a lot of, of negative shit going on, but there's a lot of positive stuff that happens throughout uh, going on. Uh, obviously, the Memorial Cups the the best thing. Uh, it's obviously got to be a highlight of your junior career. What's the uh, most ridiculous thing that happened that puts a smile on your face? And you go back and go, oh fuck, what the fuck were we doing? Um, probably, I think it was, how oh, was I don't, shit, it might even been my first game when I got traded to Tri-Cities. We go to Seattle and it, the old barn in Seattle was crazy. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, you know, we're partway, I don't know, probably about halfway through the second period and the bench was really small. It was one, of. Uh, you know, like it was more like an old town Saskatchewan rink where it was, it was two levels to it. And so I'm standing on the top level. The glass only comes up to about halfway up my back and I'm standing there. All of a sudden I get punched in the back and I turn around and there's this 
great big kind of steroid freaks down there and he's got a beer in his hand he's giving me the finger and i just kind of i turn around and i throw my gloves off and i hop up onto the glass and i grab this guy and i start beating him up and i rip his shirt right off and i throw it into the crowd and like the crowd they just want to see a fight they don't really they're going crazy well it's on the ice or on the they don't care yeah. and, and i turn around and i'm like oh shit like this is my first game like what the fuck like uh, uh rick goes back with my coach i'm like oh man he's like he's not gonna like this and i turn around and he's got his foot up in the bench and he goes nice work smitty and i'm like mm, i might <laughs> i might like it here <laughs> can i get a raise yeah. exactly <laughs> i'm gonna be here for a while yeah, yeah. that's a great story Maybe that's, yeah. why he's, that's why you're on the bench so much you want to do that to have more often who knows no, well, I mean, like that like you know it, it was it was kind of interesting because it was it was it was almost like two different leagues like the the east was definitely i would say a lot more skilled and the west was a lot more tough yeah you know, there was less teams and you played each other so much like that they would have playoff playoff rounds of nine games nine games yeah, yeah like it was crazy and and like our team in tri-cities i think we had seven or eight guys over six two and like guys would be fighting on the bench to be on like every game we lost there was a line brawl like, and I didn't have, I had a full on brawl when I was in Weyburn, never had a line brawl. I don't think I ever had a line brawl in, in, in Swift Current. Uh, and then got out there and we were part of probably eight or nine different line brawls. Yeah. You look at those penalty minute numbers, you go, it's just yeah. unbelievable. Like guys, like, and there were, there was guys who would score hundred points and have 140 penalty yeah. minutes, like yeah. absolute lunacy. It's like, it, it was, it was the wild, wild west. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And we were talking like 1990, 92 ish kind of thing. Uh, right so, yeah. yeah. This was 1990, like uh, 89, 90 when I got traded out there. And like so, they were just brand like they they were selling hockey like Tri City and Spokane and yeah, so it was Tri City second year in the league. I want to say when yeah. I when I got down there and just selling a different know, brand of the slap shot yeah, brand of hockey. Yeah, you're Spokane and Tri City. Yeah. You know they, they've been in Spokane for quite a while and you know Seattle, but like you know it was shortly after that that you know Tacoma got a team that ended up in Kamloops and you know but yeah it was it was definitely there there wasn't a lot of there was you only had I think Kamloops and and Victoria and Canada and the rest were down in the states in that league and that in that division. So and Portland had been smaller. there forever. Portland's yeah. been there so, yeah for for a yeah. long time. No, they're one of the <laughs> yeah. I think it was Vic, in and, Vic and and uh, Kamloops that were in Canada. The rest were in the U.S. Oh, complete. I remember those days just complete mayhem. Like here in Lethbridge with the Broncos. Then the hurt. Yeah. Then the, the Broncos left back to Swift Current, and the Hurricanes came yeah. in, and it was complete. Complete mayhem, night in, night in, night out, and and nobody actually. There were there was two questions after a Westerly game: who won? No one cared, and were there any fights? Yeah, and, and, and yeah. that's that's the only thing that actually mattered back then. It was absolute fucking mayhem. Yeah, it was it was definitely, you know, now hey, like uh, guy from uh, he, he lives well. He kind of he splits his time between. His uh, dad has a business in Elrose, uh, but he's, they're really from Dinsmore, but he lives in Swift Current, uh, Joe Arnson. Uh, I've played plays dad. here, doesn't he? Yeah, his dad's, he's probably the toughest guy in the dub now, or right now, like he's, uh, and you know, he can, <laughs> he, he can hardly fight anymore, right? I think three fights and he gets suspended for a game and, you know, it's where, you know, we could have three fights in a game and <laughs> 
he was still at three fights in the game. It just doesn't happen anymore, right? Doesn't happen. We'll get into that. We'll take a little break here. We'll get back sure. to you in a second because this is a great conversation. We'll talk about how the good, good segue. That's a very good segue. How the game has changed a little bit. Anyways, the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer sports talk and a whole lot more brought to you by SeatGeek.com. The SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420. Fuck, I get this wrong. Pod at SeatGeek.com today. Fuck, there's so many board. Get your a- well, get your uh, Swift Current Broncos. Get your Tri City Americas. Get your tickets for the Max Major Midget coming up because we're going to talk about Circle that K Classic. Up. The Circle K oh, Classic. It's not Max Midget anymore. So Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Ah, uh, fuck. So get your tickets for the Circle K Classic. In Calgary, Alberta. If they're selling them on SeatGeek. That must be there. Must be some superstar playing in there. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollars cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino-style games to choose from. You too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Well, there always is. Yeah. Stars of tomorrow. Peter and Edved came from there. That's true. Looking for stocking stuffers this holiday season? Go to SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app and purchase tickets for an upcoming game, concert, or show. And by using our promo code 1420POD, you will save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. And who doesn't like saving money, especially at this time of year? That's promo code one four two zero p o d and get your seat in a seat at seatgeek.com or the seatgeek app today Sports Bar Podcast, Four Beer Sports Talk, and a whole lot more brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use promo code 1420SCAPED at Manscaped.com today. You still have time for the holiday season. They'll get it in your door on your front step and uh, shave your boys for the holiday season. Wade, now fast forward 25 Speaking years. of shaving your oh. boys. Shaving your boys. You're shaving your boys. There we go. Fast forward 25 or 30 years later, you're now a, a hockey dad, a hockey coach, and, and the like. You have you have two boys that are playing hockey to this day, Marshall and Jackson. Uh, when you first became a coach and, you, and your boys first got into it, what's the first thing that you noticed uh, 15 years ago or 14 years ago, whatever it may, may have been? What's the first thing you went and you said, holy fuck, is things, things are different. Well, I I would say I was so happy when Timbits was over. <laughs> like it's it's very cute and all that stuff, but yeah, I'm I'm I definitely I coached all that, but uh, I was definitely more suited as they got older <laughs> to coaching. Um, you know, it, it it's definitely you know I, I'm 
I'm sure there's people that say I'm a crazy parent, but there's a lot of crazy parents out there. I like to think I have it slightly under control, but uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's the amount of people that don't understand the numbers. Like, you know, it's such a small percentage like this, you know, supposed to be about having fun, supposed to be about all that. And, you know, when it's easy to get caught up in it, too. I have before when I'm coaching, everybody wants to win and things like that. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been a good ride, but it's definitely the odd, the odd crazy out there. That's for sure. So that Tim Bitson, when you're coaching that, and I did that with Jasper with uh, baseball and soccer. Yep. Um, I'm not here to, to actually, I'm here to teach you some basics of the game. I'm not here to say there's first base. I'm not here to say the glove goes on your left hand. I'm not <laughs> here to say this. I'm like, and so in hockey, which I, I that's the one sport I, I'm, I, I, I don't have any proficiency in. I'm not here to teach you how to skate. I'm not here to do this. Like, well, but, but then it once is in hockey. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah but then, it's not just run. <laughs> and you actually so, have to teach them skating. So that's the so tough but, part. So would you say like at about the age of 12 when it gets um, separated enough when now you're actually dealing with kids? So now you're teaching. Oh, way hockey. younger than that now, man. No, I'm uh, asking. Yeah, like it's like, <laughs> um, so like I would say it was a bit different. Like with with Marshall, like it was, you know, in some of it, maybe being a first first time parent and things like that. I didn't know as much. I think it was kind of the start of, spring teams and stuff like that so you know it was you know he didn't play in a spring team till almost the same time jackson did because we didn't know about it and you know kind of being from saskatchewan i was a little bit anti spring team but uh you know it is the way of the world now unfortunately that they they all do it and you know what in some respects you know it does work so it's hard to argue with it but um yeah you know it's 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 still, you know, basically till till about Pee Wee, it's pretty much. And when you say Pee Wee, you know, what's 80, that? Oh, so you, jeez, uh, you 13. I have no I idea what those numbers mean. Yeah, so like you I, I'm Adam, Pee Wee, Bantam, Midget. Yeah, so now you, they say that you this, yeah. you that, I don't know, yeah. whatever. It's, at U11, you're probably 80% still teaching skills of hockey, the skating, passing, shooting things like that. And then 20% of time on some sort of system of hockey of this is how we enter zone. You know, we drive them at some positional play. Um, you know, now that varies when you get to a competitive spring team, I would say. And, uh, you know, Jackson was on some, some, you know, really good. I'd actually like to go back and look like it. I like to brag about my, the, the peewee team. Well, Jackson, the better one, I guess, would be Jackson's first year team in Pee Wee. I think they had, oh, I want to say there was nine or 10 of them got drafted in the Western League. When the Western League draft, the team I coached the next year, um, we had we had five get drafted, three of them in the first round, and uh, uh, one that went second overall in the second round. And, you know, so, uh, and then like, uh, we just had uh, Team Alberta for the 07s got announced, and um, my Pee Wee team has four four kids made Team Alberta, and uh, 
of all the midget teams out there, the most is three on any midget team. So my my peewee team had more than any <laughs> any midget team in Alberta. You see, you made an impression. Oh, no, it had nothing to do with me. It's just, <laughs> honestly, they, these kids were all, I like to, I, I'm sure I had a little bit, very little, but uh, they were all so skilled, so so strong. They were, they were going to do fine whether I coached them or not. So uh, I like to say our team did well because of my coaching. Um, but the individuals, it's all, all on, on, on their own development and things they did themselves. Uh, I was just lucky enough to get, get a bunch of them. Like uh, I think we finished that year. We were like, <laughs> because we're crazy parents, there's a ranking system for, for peewee teams. And we were like the, third ranked team in, in, uh, in Western Canada. And we'd gone and played in a triple A tournament and we were only a double A team at the Pat Quinn. And we made it to the final, uh, and lost four, three to Burnaby winter club. You know, so we, we had a, we had a wagon, wagon of a team and then COVID took us down before we could win provincials. So that would kind of suck, but it was, it was a, it was a great team with a lot of good kids. And, and, uh, I think, uh, you know, all but uh, I think two kids are playing, you know, triple A hockey this year. So it was a definitely a great team with a lot of good kids. You, you talk about this team, spring team, this, that, and, there, and the other. Uh, there's a lot of people who are against it. I'm not for it, but I'm not against it. And I, 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 underst- I understand why it goes on. I, I totally get it. Like it's you, you, you want your, your, your child to, to move on and you want him to do good. Um, I got two questions and I'm going to let you answer separately. If your son is good enough to go on regardless, do they have to play spring hockey? Well, uh, that's a bit of a loaded question. I would say they don't need to. And there's a couple examples. There's a, a kid, Colin Potter, this is where it gets into that I'm crazy, that I know kids. Uh, he's an 07 kid from Minnesota. His mom uh, played in the national, the women's national team, and has basically been his coach. Well, I don't think he's really played organized hockey uh, up until about two years ago. Uh, you know, he, I think he, you know, just showed up and tried out for the Brick team and played in the Brick tournament. And then he would play in a couple tournaments a year in spring but did not play hockey all winter, like just trained. Um, so you can, you know, you don't need to do spring hockey. And, and to be honest, you know, there's certain times where I think you need spring hockey more for the games. Um, but I think you could have a, uh, probably about, I want to say going into our U13 year, a, a guy that I, I coach with Joe Hawker, um, uh, met uh, Dean Seymour and and he put together with him um, uh, this thing and we would and we just train you know and it was less about the the games and things like that and when you think of the money you spend you spend like two three grand sometimes to go to a tournament in Toronto well I could take three grand you know how much training I can do with that money like you could you don't need to play spring hockey to me other than going into your first year of contact where you just need games. Like going through with my, with Marshall, 
you know, he, he played spring hockey that year and then, and then went in, well, he wasn't comfortable with hitting and, and all the kids his age weren't comfortable with hockey hitting till probably January. So when I went through with Jackson, I put him in as many games as I could get him in so that he was more comfortable with hitting. Now he was luckier because Marshall, uh, it's crazy. Like I'm, I'm six, five, uh, Marshall's now six, two, but even his first year midget, he was only five foot six, five foot seven, you know, so he was, he was always smaller. Yeah. Whereas Jackson, uh, first year, you know, Marshall and first year midget is five, six Jackson was, was five, nine going into first year Bannon. You know, and he's now six, three. So like, he's always was a bigger kid for his age where Marshall was always smaller. So again, you know, you're less likely to be comfortable with hitting. So there is times where it can be useful. And the problem is you do get sucked into keeping up with the Joneses and, and being a FOMO and you got that fear of missing out. And, and it does, the problem is it does work because we, I would see kids that weren't, weren't very good they'd play spring hockey they'd come to tryouts and they'd make a better team and say how did this kid oh they played spring hockey and then by christmas all the kids that hadn't played were caught up caught up to them or past them but you make a better team so then they get kept lots i need to make a better team but my argument is that my argument is that is though that i don't i would hope that professional scouts aren't fucking stupid. No, they're right? not. So, and it, and it's, it's, so they, they will see that problem. because because a kid plays more, obviously yeah. he's going to be a little bit better. But I I, I would think that a scout who gets paid a, yeah. a, a decent amount of money would see that okay, if this guy if this guy would play more, he would be better. And if they if the, if the kid just took the summer off to just be a kid, yeah, that, I that, that, is, that's my opinion. A, that's this my is a opinion. young age though. This is a young, this is the parent problem where, and I, I fall into two. I don't, I don't want my kid to be disappointed. You know, uh, you know, when Marshall would get cut for a team or Jackson got like, you know, it sucks, right? No, I, 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 I totally understand that. Like, so I'm not, I'm so not you get sucked into it. Yeah. You get sucked into it and like, cause it does work if they do this. Now I still think, and I wish we'd do it more. Like you go to the U S even our Academy league, like Jackson plays out at edge in the Academy league. They have their tryout in April at the end of the season. Do it at the end of the season. Then I'm on that team. There's no reason for me to do anything all summer. I don't, I've already made it now. If you want to get better, like that, you, you can play soccer, training. you can play golf. You can. 100%. And, yeah. if, and if minor hockey, like they do in Toronto, where they, where they, they have their tryouts at the end of the last season, then you know where you're playing. You know what team you've made. Now there's no reason, like, because a lot of people do it so that they're ready for tryouts in August. And if we went away from having tryouts in August and put it at the end of the season when everyone's at the same, like everyone's had the same access to ice, you could eliminate. And I think a lot of people would because it's a, it's expensive and it's it's a. It's I didn't I didn't even know that was a thing. The tryouts at the end of the season that makes one hundred percent thing because the 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 gray market of selling the dream to parents right like we gotta we gotta do now power skating we gotta do summer league we gotta do travel team we gotta shooting do this. clinics a lot of shooting places. Yeah. And like and like well no my kid's on this team already in september and i know that 
And if he wants to, he don't. And then you can just do it like, like, wait, like probably you did this summer at that point, play a little bit, come August, put the skates on, go find a rink and play a little bit. Like I did have a good time, have a few beers, have a good time in the summertime. Good enough. Right. And you can be a kid. I go to one camp in the summertime. That was it. Until I was 16. I think it was after my first year junior was the first time I skated year round. And that was only because I was working at Habshite's hockey school. There was no ice to have. Yeah, like I, I, I remember playing here when I was uh, 15, 16, 17 years old, and then I would go to Notre Dame, come back. I didn't know where my equipment bag was. I honestly, I was like, whatever, I don't care. And then in August, I go to go to Coldale, play summer uh, summer hockey with the Sutter guys, and that was it, right? And and then, and I was good, fine. I knew where I was going, everything else, and the 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 the, the monetization of the whole thing, and that people are making money off it. And I like, I don't like. It's just it, it, it's it's a cottage industry, like not not it's, it's 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 odd. It's it's it's, it's you know what? I don't different. I don't begrudge those guys. The, the biggest the biggest thing is parents a need to be realistic and I think I've always been you know pretty realistic with with you know where your kid is and, and being able to to judge that yeah. and and you know they like said understand especially now there's most guys have been around long enough you can find out if someone's a good coach or not a good coach. You know, like little questions, like how many people are going to be on the ice and then hold them accountable to that. If they say there's going to only be 15 kids on the ice and you get there and there's 25, you know, mm, the coach to player ratio is not good. What is my kid, you know, just being on the ice to be on the ice more. You're better off having actually, like, you know, like I said, we would spend more money. We'd have 10 kids on the ice, two of them goalies, eight players. We tried to go four forwards, four D, and we'd spend 15 minutes with one coach, 15 minutes with another coach. The goalies were with the goalie coach. And then, so we do 15 minutes power skating to start, 15 minutes with one coach, 15 minutes with the other coach. So it's a four to one ratio. And then we do uh, 15 minutes of battle drills. That's, you know, you know, yeah, you're paying a bit more. It was probably, you know, 50, 50, I think it was about 50 or 55 bucks a nice time, but you're getting so much more for it, right? Instructional so, time, actual instructional time. Exactly. And it's laid out. You know, we had, we had a, a guy from Hockey Canada. He's a director of player development for Hockey Canada. was running it with Dean Seymour. Like it was, you couldn't, you couldn't get any better. And so, you know, it's, but some of it, like, you know, if you don't, if you haven't played, if you don't know, that's where it's something like I said, I did, unfortunately, I did a better, better job with my second kid than I did with my first, because you kind of don't know when you're first going through with it. And like Marty and my oldest boy, he's playing junior B. He's second on his team in scoring. He's having, you know, he's having a great year. He's having some fun playing junior B and he's a phenomenal player. I think he, you know, not, it is a little bit like his brother, you know, we drafted to the Western League and, and all this stuff. And it's easy to think that you're not very good when he's better than probably about 99% of people that ever play hockey. The fact that he's good enough to play junior B. But, you know, I think it sometimes get lost on him on how, how good of a hockey player is and how smart of a hockey player is. So that's, that is kind of a, the one shit thing on, on having, you know, one kid do really well 
but again, that's life, right? So it's, it's, well, I was going to ask that actually Wade. there, like your older son, Marshall, like you say, plays junior B in Calgary there. Uh, junior B is a lot better than what people get, give it credit for. It actually is. I remember back in the, in the, in the early nineties there, like it was called the jungle. There's no getting around that. And it was the jungle. It was guys who would get off work. They were 18 to 20 years old. And they were just wanting to, after their midget lives were done, they, they were okay at playing hockey. Junior B is actually good hockey now. When I used to live in, in Medicine Hat, I used to go, go go to the Cubs games all the time. Yeah. And it's not bad at all. And some, some of those kids ha- have still, they can go on to play Junior A and then maybe have something happen afterwards. So tell Marshall to not give up on anything because wow. you know what, Junior, Junior B, there's nothing wrong with it at all. <laughs> there's one team in our league here that's, a little stacked, a bunch of guys came back and you got, I think there's at least one that played in the Western league and there's, they've got three or four guys that played junior a. So they're, uh, they kicked the shit out of, I think 21 to nothing here the other day. And the next time we played, we only lost five to two. So it was a little better, but <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's some great, great players in that league. And and the one thing is, which is nice. It's not as, not as rough as, as, as it used to be. Like, they still, you know, they're oh. they say nineteen year old kids, and they still got some testosterone. But there's, you know, there's not the fights that there was like uh, back in the day in the jungle. Yeah, jungle B and was so, something else. Yeah, go ahead. Dave. So junior B, that this isn't like the Calgary Canucks and the the Brooks Bandits. No, that's junior that's A. Junior A. That's junior uh, A. So this is uh, yes, yeah, a step below that. And there's okay. kind of two leagues in Alberta. There's the there's the country league. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. The Heritage, the Heritage League. And then, yeah. and then there's the Calgary. I, well, I'm sure there's one in Edmonton too. Uh, there's one. So the four quadrants, just like there is in Midget. Uh, oh, okay. The, the Royals, the North Stars, uh, the Flames, and the and the Buffs each have two junior B teams. So there's eight teams in the league. So. Oh, so there's there. not a lot of bus. There's not like six hour bus rides. No, they don't go anywhere. They just just oh, play in, so in Calgary. Calgary. I think it's like three games every two weeks. So you'll okay. have two one one two one week and one the next, and they have one practice a week. So you know, if you're going to university, you can still play. You know, things like that. So it's not a huge commitment. But guys, they have jobs and they're they're regular human yep. beings and they still play play but they want to play hockey and there's some like i said like the, that league in uh, the heritage league there's some pretty good players i used to go watch the, the, the cubs games all the time uh your other son jackson he's uh he's uh doing all right he's got he got drafted second overall in the western league he's uh tri-city americans bound like you said earlier on um did you ever think that Jesus, it's it's a lot. Like he's going somewhere. Is it a lot on a day to day basis with him? Like, could is it overwhelming a little bit? Uh, yes, I, w- I would say I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. I'd say it's on. Like you hear leading up to the draft. Oh, you know, it's 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 a hundred percent true. But you don't believe it till you're kind of into it. It was like. I will say like it's it's kind of crazy and a little bit surreal. Like we had agents starting to reach out to us when we were still in Peewee. And I'm like, what the like, are you serious? And you know, and the only agent I've ever I ever talked to my career is my in my insurance agent, but whatever. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> you know, I think so there was, you know, I think some of it had to do with COVID as well. We ended up yeah. deciding on an agent during 
during COVID because it's something that there was nothing to do because we weren't we weren't planning on getting one until you know closer to the draft and we did it probably a year sooner than we would have. Um, and but some of it, you know, we went and met with Jerry Johansson with uh, the Sports Corp, and we walked out of the meeting and Jackson's like, "That's who I want to go with." Right. And so we, we've been talking to, you know, you know, like I said, I think there's probably about 12 that had reached out and we were kind of serious with, with four of them. So we had conversations with the other three and, uh, you know, and decided, decided on the one that we were going with. So once that was done, that took. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more a little bit of stress off. Um, and then, you know, I had pretty specific feelings on Western league versus NCAA. And so I, was, that's I, yeah. I, I was a little bit kind of in the middle. Uh, his mom uh, was definitely more NCAA. At uh, that point, was she his mom or your wife? No, we 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 split up. Or, no, I'm not just uh, saying. But you yeah, know what I'm, I'm yeah. getting at. Like, we split yeah. up when yeah. when they were when he was super young. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, get along, all that stuff. And so she's big on the NCAA, and and Jackson pretty much all along was was very big on going the Western League, and and you know our agent said, hey, like you know, this is one of the reasons why you need us because you guys are all over the range here, and and you gotta. It comes fast and it does. And it so last year, uh, last year, Jackson, uh, we had a weekend off and, and him and his mom and stepdad went down to Boston and, you know, they went and kind of toured, but he's too young to do any official visits, but it's so uh, crooked. Went, it's so crooked. And he went to Boston college and just kind of looked around. He was supposed to get to see a bit more, but they had COVID go through. And so they couldn't, they went out to UMass where Kale McCarr played and, and they were fantastic and showing us around and it's, you know, and so we came back from that and he was like, Oh, this is pretty good. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, I was, I was very big that if, unless you're going really, really high, I think it's a better route. Um, so, you know, it was tough. And, and so, you, you know, there's a lot of time spent, Oh, what should I do this? And, you know, and I, I, I you know, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden if my mind starts racing, I get thinking about it and then you can't get back to sleep. And so there was, we didn't decide, you know, when you got, you got scouts and GMs calling and, Hey, what are you doing? What's your, what's your decision? We didn't decide until 
I want to say it was, it was, uh, early May when they, um, for his age, they have the Alberta cup and they yeah. bring in ninth and six teams go there. And so like before that, our agents came down and we sat down with them and went over all this stuff. And, and, and it was funny as bums going over, over, over. And I'm like, Jackson, what do you want to do? Dub. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're done. And then, you know, then it's like, well, is there teams that we should go to or shouldn't go to? That's my, my ex. And, and uh, Jackson's like, I don't care. I just want to go to whoever wants me. I just want an opportunity. And I'm like, that's great attitude. That's what we'll tell people. And so, you know, we wanted to be you know, ready at, at the Alberta Cup to tell people as it's about two weeks before the draft at that point. And, and so once that was done, again, huge, huge relief. Um, and then kind of by the time, uh, like we talked to, I talked to Bob Torrey, um, you know, and they, we, at that point we knew they're picking second overall. Um, you know, he talked to me and he's like, well, we don't know what we're doing yet. This is, you know, start of Jackson's first game. And, and, you know, by the end of the weekend, he's like, yeah, we're, we're going to take Jackson. And it was as long as Gavin McKinnon gets signed with, with medicine hat. So, you know, that took, that kid's weeks. good. I saw him play in the, oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, we actually played him, played him tonight or this afternoon. Uh, before this, we beat them, uh, six, four. Oh, he plays for uh Academy program. He plays down in medicine hat for saw. Oh, okay. And, uh, Willie's and, school. Willie Desjardins school. Yeah. yeah Willie Desjardins owns it. Yeah. And his son is the coach. And, He's he's weird dude, making money off, off parents. Weird. Um, our coach was matching. <laughs> our coach was matching Jackson against uh, Gavin all night, so it was kind of kind of neat that uh, you know they were playing against one another. And yeah. there's some kids in the kids in the in the crowd, and they had a sign saying seven is better." <laughs> and uh overrated and i'm like you guys are so wrong yeah he's not overrated the kid is so good he's next level <laughs> and he's he's still not even 15 years old like he's born december 27th or something and he's like, still learning to play the game from what i what i watched yeah yeah he's unbelievable yeah. he's he is so good like it, like there was never like uh to me there was there was four really stud kids uh you know gavin jackson Cole, Cole Rashney and, and uh, uh, Hamilton out of Saskatchewan. And, you know, there was Gavin and then any of the other three could go. It's just who who they liked. And a lot of it, like, you know, Tri-Cities needed D-Man, right? So, you know, they decided on Jackson. And if Victoria was picking second, Rashney would have went there. They needed a forward. Right? Victoria so, needs everything. <laughs> Victoria well, always needs everything. Like, like they're, I, I, my brother lives really out there, like and, 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 so and my I, brother's I a uh, yeah. he's a junior hockey guy like myself, and and they don't even go to games. It's so bad. They, yeah. I said, Mike, what's wrong? Really like they're they're Price. bad. I'm not sure. Do you remember Dan? Uh, Dave. Dan. Uh, he worked at he worked at FMC with uh, Kent. Um, and so he's a lawyer. He's now the head coach and GM out there. So, oh uh, no! I, yeah, I really yeah. like Dan. He's a He's he's a he's a good guy. He's a really good coach. Um, 
yeah, they're they're definitely having their struggles. That's for sure. Yeah, things aren't good out in in, uh, in Victoria Land, anyways. Yeah. No, it's a uh, jun- the junior hockey world is so different. It can be it can be done so quick, and the, these kids get I don't want us to get pushed into what you like. We you, you you enjoy it, and you go and play, and you have a great time doing it. Yeah. And, and before you know it, it, it's over. And you you have some kids that you think are, are are guarantees to make it, and you have some kids that that make it, and you, you're like. How the fuck did he make it? It's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. The junior hockey world. I, I, I we go to games two or three times a month here in Lethbridge, and you're like, that kid's shitty. That kid's good. And it ends up being the other way around. How do yeah? Who no, ends up making her? That's, like, that's one of the good things that Elite Prospects is very good at. You can you can like I, I pulled up the drafts for Jackson you know, all the way back. And I kind of only went back to about 2007 when he was born. And you can pull up their NHL stats right beside where they were drafted. And so that was a lot of the reason when I was trying to decide which way we should go. You know, if, if you're drafted in the top five, you got about a 50-50 chance of just getting drafted to the NHL. The rest, or uh, no, it was 80% if you were in the top five. The whole first round, you got about a 50-50 chance of just getting drafted. And like there's, you know, we went through and it's like this second overall didn't, didn't play, like didn't play an NHL game. He didn't play it. And you go through and there's more that never play a game than play. So I'm like, this is awesome, but this is a, a blip in time. It means nothing that you've been drafted second overall. Nothing. All it's getting you is an opportunity. The next step. Tri City's going to give you every opportunity to fail because they put, there's they have to. guys there that put their name to your name and put their asses on the line to to take you. But and if you so don't, I just yeah. think you get an opportunity. And if you don't, if you think you've made it or going with an attitude like that, you're going to be on the bus back to back. Tell to, them to, to look up Pavel Brendel. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like anyone can yeah. be a hero at he any was, level. But yeah. like, like, yeah, he was it, awesome. Oh, he was like you look at so many so many names that rolled through Lethbridge here. You had uh, like yeah. the, the, that's had Brad Rubichuk that scored how many goals and how many points? That, that super six. Uh, I run Mark, into Ruby every once in a while. You know, Ruby, good, good player. You had Mark Gray got from Nanton that that was doing unbelievable. All those guys that those guys scored a hundred. Each had fifty goals and a hundred plus points. And Brian one, Bosch and one Brian guy Bosch. played in the NHL. One guy. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> Yeah, well, that that, that Mark- team, like when I was playing against them, it was like I think it was the next year after we won the cup. There was the Fab Five there of Ends, yeah. Mark, Greg, uh, uh, Bosch, uh, Corey Lyons, Walls, West Corey Walls, Lyons. Uh, that, that yeah, was West five, Walls, yeah. West yeah, Walls, five kind of guys, and not and Walls, the points. only one that played in the National Hockey League was Walls. Yeah, and, and he, he had a he, decent he, career. Yeah, he had a career. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> I think he still works for, for Minnesota now. Yep. But in general, none of them did fuck well, off. And, and of those five at the time, he might have been number four. Yeah. Like if you looked them up, I don't remember. But like you know, he, you could tell he was a good player. But he, like it was, he was younger, so he wasn't putting up the points of Bosch and ends and yeah. Mark Greg and the like. Phillips was on that team, no, but he was the late. No, Phillips was a few years later, ninety four. Oh really? Yeah, Phillips. Was okay, no. I played. I, I played with. Perfect. I played with Chris Phillips in, in Fort McMurray. Uh, we called him Grandpa, and he was only fifteen years old, and he drove our drunk asses around Fort McMurray all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but that we won't tell that story here in the fourteen twenty podcast. I got uh, five quick questions. Let's, ready to take some shots? Quick questions. Yep. Okay. 
Favorite player growing up, both of you? Uh, Wayne Gretzky. Because I was a little kid, as an adult, um, uh, Joe Sackick. I love. I fucking love that guy. Sackick and Peter Forsberg. I was an Oilers fan, but I also, I I wasn't afraid to to fanboy over Sackick and Forsberg. So I, I was an Islanders fan. Um, I went to the stand on Ron Monroe Hockey School in Swift Current, and Brian Trache was working at it. <laughs> and and uh, two years later, he's playing in playing in hockey night in Canada. And my dad's like, you know, that's the guy that coached you at the stand on Ron Monroe Hockey School. Yeah. And so I became an Islander fan. Lucky for me because uh, they went on quite the run. So I'm a huge huge Brian Trache guy. Um, uh, but yeah, Joe. I hate Kretzky. I, I appreciate him now, but you know, you're either a Kretzky fan or you hated, always hated the Oilers. Um, but yeah, Joe, I think Joe's the sixth best player of all time. So yeah, he's, he's there. Awesome. Yeah. He's there. I think what makes Sackett great is he doesn't say fuck all yeah. to this day. Oh, like, even as a GM, you know what I mean? like, even, like, or whatever. Even GM, like yeah. I'm on the Twitter machine. I'm on uh, all day long. And you yep. never hear you, you never hear Sackick say a fucking thing through, yep. through his junior career, his his, his uh, playing career, and, and his uh, managerial career. He, ne- he doesn't say a fucking word. Yeah, I think that makes him a just just he stays out of the limelight. I think it's fantastic. Uh, both, yeah, actually, uh, Dave, I want to hear it from you first. Toughest guy you ever fought for both of you, but Dave, I want to hear your first, yours first. Toughest guy I ever fought. Yeah. I've only been in two fights my well, entire life, and I don't won. even know their names. No, like I don't know their names. Like, did I you win? The, uh, we'll call one a draw and one a win because I punched him first. Yeah, he, he <laughs> and then was it, that was it. Yeah, wait, toughest uh, I ever fought. Oh, uh, I'm gonna probably say there's a guy from Lloydminster that I was definitely scared of. And Staniforth. Um, <laughs> yeah, it could have been him. Yeah, well, I think it was. Uh, you remember Staniforth? Yeah, he was there, was. there was also a guy in Humboldt. Oh, he's, he's dead. He got killed in a ice. snowmobile accident. But uh, I'm going to say Scott Daniels. Uh, Modus. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. So mainly because. So um, my, my first fight in the Western League was Kelly Chase. He cut me over for three stitches in the playoffs. My eye was swelled shut for about 10 days. Uh, but my first <laughs> fight, a regular season fight, was against Scott Daniels in Regina. Oh. The year before, I'm in Weyburn. Sorry. And so that was the year uh, Kevin Kaminsky had knocked out Jansen's teeth, had cross-checked him in the face, broke his palate, and he was out for a long time. It was the first game they were playing when they got back. Those two fought... It was a great fight. Kaminsky's like six inches shorter, beat the wheels off him, actually. It was crazy. And then Daniels and Twist fought. So Twist 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready had this thing where he would just stand there and let people throw punches. And then he goes, is that all you got? And then beat the crap out of you. And so he's doing this with Daniels, who's one of the toughest guys in the league, doing this with Daniels. And you can see him say something. And at the time, I didn't know that this is what Twist did. Well, Daniels grabbed him, headbutted him three times. (laughs) (laughs) Twist is going crazy. Daniels is kicked out. They never played again that year. So like he never had to fought him again. Probably not thinking that I'm sure they did later on down the line. But so that's my first fight. And he's like, we're squaring off. And I'm like, I'm like, this guy's a maniac. Like, <laughs> so like I, I did okay. I I think it was kind of a draw and and he didn't headbutt me, so that was good. So. <laughs> oh, I I'm keeping my fucking cage on. Yeah. If you're gonna do and I ended up fighting his brother. Uh, about two or three years later in Moose Shell Warrior Camp. And I see him afterwards and he goes, he goes, how'd my brother do? I go, oh, pretty good. He goes, yeah, I told him you'd be the toughest guy on the ice. So I always kind of feel as good. When yeah, the Daniels family, I know them from Notre Dame and things. Yeah. And the Indians yeah. and those guys. I graduated with Mona. The, yeah, it's a funny thing. Yeah. Small, small world, the hockey world. Yeah. Uh, the worst play like you, you you we always talk about the best player we're played against and it's it's always fun to say yeah this guy was great and that guy was great and but who was the guy on the ice that absolutely just the worst where he went how the fuck is this guy on the ice with us like he he should not be in this league he's terrible not and and don't point at yourself like don't be self-deprecating but who was the worst player you ever played against that's a little hockey. unfair i don't know it's if I not like this. it's not i like this question the best guy but even the worst guy wants to be you know get recognized because he's still in the league better than better than i was oh i jesus the worst guy oh jesus um <laughs> this is a fun question guy, a guy that pops into my head his name was alan lake and <laughs> That's so, like I I don't know if he ended. I don't even think he ended up playing a game in the Western League. But we traded for him, and he came to Swift. Got him the first practice. You know, every practice you're just skating around, running around, shooting pucks, like hitting the glass. We're just skating. We're just skating circles, right? Every time he gets to the corner, he falls down. Next one falls down, falls down. Like he's falling down every one. Like we're thinking, like he's got to be joking, right? And we get into a, like, we start doing drills. He's falling down, falling down. Like, 
And then this guy, he already played two years in the Ontario league. And we're like, what is going on? And, and yeah, and he, he played one exhibition game for us and he literally could not, could not stand up. Like I, like, I well, probably one of those Russian league guys from back in the the, the, the late yeah. 80s, early 90s was six foot five, 240 well, pounds. Thing, he was supposed to be really tough and then he wouldn't fight. So that's, he didn't last. But if you can't stand up, you can't fight, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's part it. of the hockey fight thing, you, right? You, like, need to, you need to actually get there. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't get to the fight, it's hard <laughs> to get anywhere. I got two more. Most embarrassing moment on the ice for you. Oh, jeez. Most embarrassing moment. There's a lot of obviously, but you're thinking about it yeah. a lot. Well, um, that time that guy kicked my ass, and that time I fell down. But no, just... Yeah, well, it's, yeah, I see. You could, you could even just go with the Splash Player of the Year with two black guys. <laughs> um, yeah, jeez. I kind of drawn a blank. I, like, the... I guess the only only funny one, like it was, it, it probably people wouldn't know it was embarrassing, but it was embarrassing to me. I guess was I don't even know who we're playing, and it's a game we're actually up eight nothing, and I haven't had a shift, not a single shift, and I'm like, you know, looking like really you're not going to play me? No, no, and we get a penalty, a bench minor, like too many men in the ice, some. Wait, go serve this. No. <laughs> and I'm like, are you shitting me? You're so fucking over right I go. Yeah, so over I go, oh, and now I'm no. mad. Well, I get out, there's about five minutes left in the third. I'm not period. leaving the ice. No. No, I stayed out. I'm out for about a minute and a half. Whistle goes. Someone comes on. No. And I go, if you don't leave, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. I'm going to punch you. And he goes, holy <laughs> sound. I go, I don't care. I will literally drop my gloves and beat you up. Right now, it's so turned around. And went back. I love that story. Next, there's another whistle. They send someone again, and I'm same thing. He goes back, and then I think there was about two more whistles, and then they stopped even sending anybody on. But now, <laughs> the last thirty seconds of the game, I'm like, "What have I done? Like, I am now. You're fucked. I'm, I'm caught. Like, now, I'm now you're <laughs> traded to fucking Tri Cities. And, and I got there, and he's like, "Ah, oh, this is." Some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> Coach um, didn't I'll actually, I'll actually tell what I, now that I've got this one, I actually thought of another yeah. one. Oh, that's I great. Thought, that's uh, a great story. Fuck, I love I thought Darwin McPherson. Insanely tough guy. And we fought. I won't tell some of the story because it's not. But um, anyways, I get in there. I've been sick for about a week, not feeling good. He wants to go. I'm like, oh, my God. And I... I throw, I throw about three punches and I got nothing. And he starts, he starts pounding me and I'm like, okay. So I throw one more. I try and do the fake fall, mm -hmm. try and pull him to the ice. He just, and then he starts raining him down on the top of my head. So I go to the penalty box and I sit in the penalty box. For my five minutes, I come out, I'm still carrying my helmet, get to the, get to the bench. And I'm like, I need a screwdriver. Lumpy was our trainer that year. I'm a Lumpy. I need a screwdriver. What for? Just give me a fucking screwdriver. I had to had like ten Barney rubbles over my head. I had to expand my helmet just so I could get it back on. Get it back on your dome. <laughs> <laughs> so that one was pretty bad. Uh, describe your first WHL goal. 
Oh. You know it. You, there's no way you don't know the story. I don't. I don't know if it was my. That's a good question. I don't know if it was my first. There's only one I can remember. Okay, oh, give me that one. I had so many. It's uh, we had five. But, yeah, <laughs> but so I, actually, I, I wonder if it's my first or not. But the one, the only one I remember, uh, we were playing PA, and just I was actually coming down the left side. I'm a right-handed shot. Came across some other. Some guy kind of cut a guy, one of our guys cut across just over the blue line, took a snapshot, top shelf. Celebration begins. Who was the goalie? Which was big because I, I, like I said, I hadn't, as a 16 year old, I went the whole season without scoring in the SJ until I led the team in playoff points. But, um, so it was, yeah, a, so sni- I, it was, it was a snipe. Yeah, like yeah was- from behind the net. Uh, oh. yeah, but yeah. <laughs> The, the, no, one no, you're, PA, you're, you're, the PA one was an actual, yeah, it was a wicked goal. Yeah. Um, that's probably the reason. The only, I guess, the only other ones I remember, um, I had a three-point night playing in Brandon and got second star in the game. Did you and get a brute travel kit? I, I did get a brute travel kit, yes. <laughs> that was, that Those was were the game. best days. All the game stars got a brute travel kit. Because then you would get Christmas presents. Yeah, exactly. Well, yes, I couldn't because I only got one. <laughs> yeah, but what? So, like, what the guys that won like twelve brute travel oh, yeah. kits? What did they do with them? They just give them to you guys. Yeah. yeah, Christmas presents. They hand them out, yeah. whatever. Oh yeah, the brute, the brute travel kit was a glorious thing. They were, I love those things, but yeah. they were fantastic. With, with the green bottle and the little oh, yeah. guy in it. Oh yeah, you, yeah. Green. you shave yeah. and then the acne that you had, you put it on your face and just burn your face right off. Yeah. That brute stuff, they eh? were. Horrible. I got a thing. Should Manscaped with their grooming products get a deal going with junior hockey? Because uh, I know when I was your age. I uh, would like so like when I was eighteen, there was no there was no manscaping, there was none at all. But now, with the, like I think I, I don't know I don't know if you ask your boys if they're trimming their pubes. Well, like, but we, I think maybe I'll, be, I'll get the fourteen twenty publicist on that, and we can figure exactly. something out to make a couple of bucks here and there. Figure something. Oh, that like a, if a brute travel kit is a thing, why can't a manscape travel oh, kit be a thing? Brute travel kit. I don't know how many yeah. of those I gave away over well, the one's, years. One's shaving your face and one's shaving your. Because oh. yeah, no one's even shaving back then, but everybody's trimming their balls. I had pubes before I had facial hair. <laughs> yeah, you still don't true. have facial hair. Rick. I still don't have facial hair, but you yeah. know, I got a good bush. I don't want to know about your bush, anyways. Well, I just told you. Wait, this is a fun show tonight, man. Bringing back the, the uh, Western Hockey memories and some uh, blast and pass and na- names you brought up. It's, it's a fantastic. Uh, you, you're, you're, I wouldn't say a lucky, but you're a fortunate man to to uh, to have the chance to, to to play junior hockey, which is a lot of kids from Saskatchewan, Alberta, and right across Canada get a chance to play. Hopefully, your your son Jackson gets a chance to do the same. It's not a, a guarantee, as you said, but uh, it was it was a great great conversation tonight. A lot of laughs for sure. Uh, any uh, closing thoughts? I hope it. T- I hope he actually is able to surpass my career goal or career points in the, his first season. <laughs> I, <laughs> it I shouldn't will be that tough, but I hope he does. I will say this, uh, before the draft, we did give him a little bit of a shout out here on the 1420 podcast. Yep. So I do hope that our karma got him up to number two. Yep. He got a little 1420 bump. 
a little 1425. He would have the ninth round if they listened to this shit. <laughs> yeah, they, like, you know, there's someone listening somewhere. Yeah. So, like, uh, like uh, obviously, uh, love you, Wade. Love your, love your kids and your family. And uh, and and Same. we really appreciate you uh, coming on yeah, and, no, it was, and spending it was some time. Fun and it's, uh, like I say, it's, it is, uh, it, 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 you know, it's it seems like a long time and some of it seems like it's just starting because we're just starting some some different journeys here where both my boys will be leaving the house next year at the same year one going to university one going to tri-city so it's uh you go from two to nine it'll be a interesting year for me next year luckily uh i got a fiance living with me that's uh an amazing athlete and her her right she's uh represented canada in four different sports and so her two boys are still still around here. So at least I got someone to chase around. See, now that. you have some vicarious dad stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, uh, her her older boys into rugby and and skiing, and and younger guys uh, an amazing freestyle skier. Uh, so yeah, we get to do a lot of rugby and football and Marshall. We had uh, Marshall was the was the city champ in football and Div two and. And Walker, her boy, was the champ in Div 1. So we had two uh, city champs in the house. Just fucking cashing in trophies and rings, eh? Hey, cookies are for closers. (laughs) (laughs) You want to get mentioned, you better win some. There you go. All right, you you win a Memorial Cup, you're a legend forever, like you are uh, Wayne Smith. It's something they they, they can never take away from you. You go to Swift Current, you you won't buy it. You won't have to pay for a drink there. I I wouldn't think on that. I I I would hope, but uh, no, it's a great conversation. It was a lot of fun tonight, man. Oh man, it was uh, the memories that get get brought back. Anyways, we'll get we're we're done with it. I I I I could go on forever. I could literally go on forever. The 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four viewers sports talking a whole lot more. Take care of each other, but more importantly, take keep your or take care take care of yourself. Keep your stick on the ice. And what else, boys? Uh, don't swing at high pitches, Jimmy. There we go. <laughs> Have a good Christmas, Wade. We'll talk to you again, Dave. We'll Thanks, talk guys. again on Tuesday night. Thanks a lot for joining us, Wade. Have a hey, good night, worse. everybody. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.